Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Hey guys, what's up? What an amazing episode we just did with Daniel Murphy, uh, SVP of marketing from Liquid Death. Um, man, so he's a past guest, great friend, and he's basically in the mix, uh, reports directly to the CEO of Liquid Death, early investor in Liquid Death. He was one of the seed family and friends around investors. But they, for those of you that don't know Liquid Death, they are like Google them. They are blowing up right now. Just amazing conversation about the state of marketing, what you can do to create a better brand for yourself, for your business, and just to learn about this this company. I mean, they're just doing so many cool things. They, they just did like a collab with Tony Hawk using blood on a skateboard and Martha Stewart cutting off people's hands and creating dip candles. We talk all about that and then some. So uh, amazing episode. Daniel's always a, a treat to have on the show, but we learn all about what's going on over there and what he's doing and his thoughts. He's a genius when it comes to marketing. Glad to have him. Uh, stay tuned. Great episode. Guys, welcome to today's episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Machazde, and boy, do we have a special guest. Not only is it a guest, it is a reoccurring guest to the show. <laughs> My main man, Daniel Murphy, is in the house. What's up, brother? Darius, great to be back. Great to see you again. Oh, man. Last time you were here, we were in like COVID land, just talking oh, yeah. shit, and here we are yeah. in like post primary or post midterm election some people still think we're in covid land others don't but the world yeah, has changed the, the only apocalypse and pandemic is happening on twitter right now <laughs> exactly um well so let me do a little housekeeping and then we'll get rolling so listen for listeners who are new to the show first of all th- i want to thank our listeners because we you guys are what makes the show what it is and um we are absolutely, uh, there's a technical term for this called motherfucking crushing it. 
Uh, the show ranked top 20 uh, in the country the last couple weeks. Uh, it's uh, every almost every single day on Apple for business podcasts. Top 10. Peaked out a top five for entrepreneurial podcasts. Thank you guys so much. But yeah, listen, for the listeners who are new to the show, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. People are living their passions and those creating greatness in the world. And my main man, Daniel, is now the short of passion or greatness. You know, um, Daniel, I like to give a little bit of origin. Uh, and for anyone that really wants to go dive deep on Daniel's uh, origin, listen to the previous episode. Um, I, I'll, I, I'll go find the episode number at some point during the show and, and repeat it. But it was an awesome episode. We really went deep into like your, your amazing beginnings from your mom's comedy store to how you got into to the advertising world, marketing world. Um, but man, here you are right now. First of all, I, uh, I want to, can I give like a little bit of your, of where your, your formal bio here? Sure. But you know what? I can, I can speed wrap it in 30 seconds if you want. Boom. Do it. You do it. You okay. do it. No. All right. I was born a nerd. Always a nerd was there for the literal birth of the internet, which if you're younger, that might seem insane to think about, but playing around with modems and BBSs and watching like web browsers start, I uh, grew up and had a misspent youth and found my way into advertising, went through kind of all the majors, always on the tech side of things, doing things we now know as digital product. Back then, it was just tracking pizzas on the internet, Domino's Pizza Tracker, early project. Uh, Had an entrepreneurial streak from day one, geeks on wheels in high school, fixing computers, all the way through a number of failed startups. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're hustling, know that that's uh, part of the process more often than not was at Google at a really cool spot within that company playing with machine learning products and all sorts of different things and then uh, found my way through a number of different startups and eventually here as SVP of marketing at Liquid Death. Oh, dude that was that was that was actually really special the way you just did that. So I met Daniel um and we again we talked about this in the previous episode but he he and I lived in the same building. He was a tenant in my apartment building. Uh, when you were back, you were with Eleven in San Francisco, uh, ad agency. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, ad agency there. And by the way, still the best apartment I've ever lived at. You guys <laughs> don't know the interior style that Darius has. Um, if this thing doesn't work out, you could go in and be an architect of some capacity and rehab and remodel. It was choice. Thank you very much. It, it, and and he was an amazing uh, tenant as well. So my my youngest son then was probably about one. Who's mm-hmm. now he's turning thirteen next month. Wow. Just just to date date our relationship a little bit. Um and uh he and he, I live below Daniel and he'd be throwing these fucking ragers <laughs> and I would go upstairs with my one year old and <laughs> it was shenanigans. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, it was good yeah, times, uh, man. Good times. Well look, and just you know, I could drop a little, as the kids say, alpha on Darius. The only person to think to crane in a 12-person hot tub behind this massive <laughs> building in San Francisco. And if this is accurate, let me know. You, The first crane wasn't big enough. Did you have to get no. a second crane? No, yeah, yeah. The it arm was, was too short. The arm yeah. was too short. <laughs> um, so, yeah, rooftop no. deck, party pad. Love it. It, it was amazing, and yes, that that hot tub still does exist in that apartment building in San Francisco. So, nice. uh, I hope hopefully they're using it. I know I'm paying for them to clean it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so so man, so look, been through a lot. You went ended up moving back to New York. Uh, that's where you did a lot of the Google stuff. Done a lot of entrepreneurial stuff too. A lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. Again, listen to the past episode. We dive into a lot of that stuff. But man, you have maneuvered and maneuvered and. You know, I'm always a, I'm, I'm kind of a quiet fan of Daniel's. I just kind of watch what he's doing, and I'm always, you know, 
psyched to see you uh, be successful. And, and given that you know we're friends, I see that he lands at this company called Liquid Death at running all their marketing. Basically, you're, you're the head honcho when it comes to marketing. Is that correct? I mean, it is, but hey, the, at least on paper. But our CEO and co-founder, uh, co-founder Mike, He's the man. He's our Steve Jobs. And, you know, I, I could never claim that I am the head of marketing in the sense that these ideas come through Mike and an amazing creative team. You know, I'm setting up the chessboard and making things go and bringing, you know, data and measurement and, and a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of native to me and super helpful to, you know, make our company go. Well, I, I, I appreciate you giving giving credit where pre- credit's pro- probably more than likely due. But um, I want to hear a little bit of, of your background on how you got into Liquid Death. Um, I know that you and Mike uh, have have kind of a background. You guys know each other, have done some work together. But give us a little bit of the origin story and how you got to be, to basically become the head of marketing at Liquid Death. And then I want to talk about what you're, you guys are doing over there because talk about creating like a total paradigm shift in the consumer consumer products world. I mean, you guys are taking it to a whole different level. It's it's unbelievable. And and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. How, how, what did, you, what did the company just get valued at? Was it north of a billion or just almost a billion dollars? We're, we're nipping at the heels. We're 700 million based on the last round. And I will say, we are the only company, when that news dropped, to be featured in both Bloomberg and High Times on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and no fault of your own. Uh, like, you are such a creative dude. And when I see your guys' marketing, and I said this to you before the show, every time I see your marketing, I'm like, this just reminds me of you because I know you and I know you have a kind of a, a quirky, interesting, irreverent sense of humor. I'm assuming this is a big part of the culture at Liquid Death, uh, which is one of the reasons why you're there. But uh, I see this and I'm like, this is so like Daniel. But, but t- t- yeah, take us back. Like, 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 I'd love to hear the origin story on what got you to where you're at with Liquid Death. Sure. 30 second pause. For the uninitiated, Liquid Death is the mountain spring water in a can that looks like a beer Death to plastic is our mission. We are single-handedly, you know, those single-use plastics, they wind up in the ocean in the landfill. You throw it in the blue bin. You think you're doing the thing. It, it doesn't happen. But we're mostly known for crazy marketing. For us, it's content. We're just, you know, this is an art project, and we're putting cool shit out in the world. But, you know, things like taking Tony Hawk's blood and painting skateboards and the official bong water Wiz Khalifa and getting Martha Stewart to cut hands and make candles. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. So if you've seen us around, that's what we are. We are water. We're still in sparkling. We're flavored water. Don't be scared. So that's Liquid Death. I'm sure there's a few folks watching this that may not be familiar with us. So, you know, my story is one where I, you know, meandered through the ad world again, like I said, on the tech side of things. And, you know, Mike and I passed through this company, Crispin Porter Bogusky. Uh, this guy, Alex Bogusky, boy, that's somebody you should have on as well. And they're, they're almost like a proto-Liquid Death. When I was there, everything we did was about a crazy headline of zigging while others zagged and really just these Viking Raiders that never took no for an answer. You know, we, you know, one of my early projects there, Domino's Pizza Tracker, we realized, you know, people had this crazy anxiety when they hung the phone up and they're like, why can't we just track it online? At the time, only I believe FedEx and UPS could do that. And nobody told us no, and we figured out a way to do it. And the story of Domino Sense is, um, you know, also a business case study. So we came from this alma mater together, and, and I think we had some overlap there. But anybody that went through that meat grinder and survived kind of had, uh, you know, brothers in arms, you know, uh, background and experience. And 
we became pals at an agency called Eleven in the Bay Area, kind of a smaller, you know, mid-sized agency. But we did work for Apple and Virgin America and Visa and a whole bunch of others at that point in time. And you know, Mike is the the definition of a serial entrepreneur. You know, I was chatting with kind of a college class recently. And letting them know if you're going down this road properly of entrepreneurship, it is very possible your first one is not going to hit. It's almost like 99% possible, that is. And what separates people with an idea versus the ones that actually become successful are grit and determination, belief in themselves, all these things Mike has in droves. So, you know, at the time, you know, he had gone off and he had, you know, tried to start an, uh, and did like an American brandy brand and learned a whole ton about the beverage industry in, in that way. And he has so many different ideas that um, have been pushed forward. And, you know, knowing Mike and being pals with him, I got a ring in the very early days, like literally first money in to, to liquid death and understanding what it was he was trying to do to make healthier choices uh, for you and the planet 50 times more fun and to brand water the way the other cool stuff is branded liquor and high fructose corn syrup and energy drinks uh, you know what would happen i go i'm in i'm all in on this and then as well, so, uh, let, let, let me jump in here so 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 what you're saying because i because i don't want to miss this moment is that he hit you up when he was doing his seed round to, in, to what invest or come work to, to invest just you know like this is like friends family and fools this is like day one just to hey let's let's get some prototypes going let's get some content going you know the the early days of liquid death i mean every business needs to start there um, got it and and it was certainly just a small small little investment that i could do at the time but in understanding the vision i go this is a no-brainer and was know? the vision then because i think it's it's that oh People drink water and it's like, oh, I'm drinking water. I'm not cool. Like, let's make water cool, essentially, or uh, and do it in a way that's healthy for the planet. But what was when, – when, if you were to take a step back and say, what's the differentiating value prop that liquid death – because water is water, right? You start thinking of like Fiji water, Mountain Spring water. That one has electrolytes, right? When we start th- going down the water, you know, like, like uh, ecosystem – that's kind of the way people have competed and then the way that they've accentuated that is stuff like vitamin water and energy drinks and all these different ways of competing with soft drinks. But you guys stayed in the water. This is just straight up like clean, delicious water, like nothing crazy there. But what's the differentiating value proposition outside of it being not in a plastic bottle? Was that just not in a plastic bottle it's or was brand. it like – It's brand. Right. I, I mean, first off, the water is actually great. You know, it's mountain water. It's a lot of these things consumers don't realize are, you know, municipal tap that they filter and they throw in a plastic thing. So we're definitely not that. We are a premium water. And, you know, there was a two by two matrix probably in the early days that looked at, you know, the competition on a fun meter and a good for you meter. And you could kind of place any beverage in there. And there really wasn't anything in the liquid death category. There, there wasn't anything. It was a huge white space. And what's the category? Fun water, essentially? Like a fun, healthy beverage. Got it. Okay. So so that's what got you. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I when you say that, it's interesting. It's like it, I, I I can't think of one off the top of my head. Fun, healthy. Like we don't consider like monster healthy, right? Or do you consider energy drinks healthy or no? It can literally kill you. 
there were people going to the hospital because they, they drink five of those a day. And, you know, like, I don't know about Monster specifically. I don't want to get sued on this. But, like, if you have too much caffeine, that is not healthy. You know, if you're right, a is. young kid and you're having hundreds of milligrams of caffeine, that's not healthy. Now, yeah. You know, Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. So, 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 there's no, so there's nobody in the fun, healthy drink category. We can agree with that. So he approaches you. You guys have a, a relationship from Crispin and Eleven. He says, hey, you want friends and family around. You want to invest. Sounds like you threw a little dough in there. I know you were doing a different deal in the time. You, were, you, were in, uh, you had a different product that you were working on back then. So you weren't an employee and you were not coming in as a, anything more than just a friends and family you know, early round investor. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. And then as liquid death started to accelerate, um, 
you know, and I, I obviously have been, you know, focused on this from day one, the opportunity came in to, you know, invest in the next round, which I did as well. So you invested in the next round. At what point were you like, I want to do more than just invest my money. I want to invest my time over here. Like how did walk us through how that happened? Because I mean, right now the, you know, there's a few, I, I read CNBC multiple times a day. Uh, if I want to know what fucking shit color Elon Musk had in his last bowel movement, that's on there. It's literally like a play by play of his whole life. What's going on with inflation? What's going on in the Ukraine? We just have what's going on in the primaries. And then every now and again, I keep seeing liquid death. You guys are like all over the news, but it obviously didn't happen overnight. What was the moment where you were like, how, walk us through how you got to becoming, you know, in your current position as the, the head of marketing? SVP of marketing. I, the reason I don't say head of marketing is that Mike and our creative team are, are so absolutely, um, you know, important and vital and create the content, you know, I understood. Just, I just want to, I just want to be clear, you know, we'll, we'll correct ourselves. Sure, but, All right. Yeah. We'll edit that uh, out. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so your SVP of marketing over there, what, what, what point were you like, dude, I'm, I got to do more than, than just be an investor. I mean, really from day one of the brand, I mean, it was, um, it was just so clear to me that, you know, Liquid Death was going to be this rocket ship and has been. I mean, we're three years old. We're, this is a young company to, uh, you know, to hit this growth and dominate the world as we have, especially in CPG. I mean, you know, often that moves a lot slower. I'm sure you look at even the rise of things like vitamin water or, or other folks that have this storied past and took a lot longer to get to where we are, um, you know, for, for many, if not all. So, you know, it was just a, a bit of your journey in life where, you know, I was at, you know, Google for a while in New York and also in New York, I had, you know, started with a, with a partner of my own startup vendor DB, which was about, you know, Yelp for creative services. And so there's a lot of time and attention going into that for a period of time. I had popped back into an ad world a bit, um, you know, mainly trying to pursue an AI arm that they had within that agency and move that thing forward popped back into the startup world for a company called Reset. It's, uh, you know, CPG, uh, um, you know, supplement space. It's basically a vitamin for stress. That was fun. Raised money from Paris Hilton and others and pursued that mission. And it, you know, came to a point, again, here in in um, L.A. at the time I was here, having chats with Mike, thinking about what I could bring to the table and, um, you know, decided to pop on board. How long ago was that? When when did you make the year. move to? Yeah, so year so ago. you've been so you've been there now for a year, and you guys just raised a big round at a seven hundred million valuation. How where were you guys at from like a valuation or raise size when you came on? You know, I don't have that type of mind. I'm sure it's Googleable. Um, it was far yeah. less. I mean, I mean, we're we're in the three x annual growth mode, um, but you know, I'm sure the Bloomberg article and others could be hyper detailed about that. It's funny as I've actually already did the research. I just didn't remember like you guys have raised, have, have done multiple rounds of raising obviously. And, and, and it's, it's been a rocket ship to your point. So I mean, you guys, I think are at series C or D right now. Right. So you guys yep. have, have been getting after it to raise money. Um, the, the company's going vertical. You're seeing this as a, you know, seed investor and, and, and probably a round investor and you make the decision, you're like, dude, dude I, I want, like, this is like, how can I not go do this? Is that essentially what went through your mind? And then you just pulled the trigger uh, last year in 21? I mean, Liquid Death is a dream job, right? It's, you know, I had my career in advertising and I think 
you know, advertising is a tough business because they never really escaped the time for dollars business model. And so you optimize for inefficiency and you've, you've got these, you know, kind of dying communications verticals, whether it's traditional broadcast or, you know, others in the past that it's difficult to eat your young and take risks and move into new places. And so I, you know, found throughout that career, um, you know, there's just folks that weren't doing it right. And you have liquid death on this end where, I mean, we, we are dominating social. We're trying to win the Internet, you know, every day. We're an earned media company. We put out content, not ads. It's so much of what I knew to be true that could work for a brand. And I'm so thankful and grateful to be a part of a place that operates this way. You know, absolutely no bullshit culture full of wickedly smart folks we have a data practice and you know evaluating opportunities in a way more sophisticated manner than i think anybody from the outside could probably imagine um so great to be here and uh excited for what's coming what's so so for the the uh uninitiated what's i mean obviously the idea is let's build a brand that's fun that's healthy and fun um, but when you guys sit, like, look at your go-to-market strategy, you know, when I was doing research on on the brand, it was, you know, it seems like concerts have been a big part of it. Now it's becoming cool, so people are like, "Hey, I can bust open a tall boy of." I mean, it's really funny when you look at the can; it looks like a like a beer, right? So it ha- it, it kind of has like that, like I don't want to say not like Coors Light or something, but it kind of looks like a tall boy of beer. Um, and then the brand itself is irreverent, funny, cool you know, doesn't give a fuck kind of attitude. Right. Um, but when you look at the go-to-market strategy, walk us through the go-to-market strategy from like kind of the beginning to where you're at right now. I'd love to hear like what you guys have done. I know that you guys are dominating social and, and we, and I can't wait to talk about some of that stuff, but I'd love to hear really that product market fit, that go-to-market strategy. What's, what, what do you think is the driver of all this traction and growth? I think we have a pretty unique ability to, know what people like, know what's true, and have the courage to do it, right? I mean, you could roll out the liquid death strategy. It is make cool shit and amazing content that's hilarious, and people will share it, and news will talk about it, right? Now, doing that uh, at a lot of organizations is pretty difficult. You know, you got a you know, uh, lot of of, uh, cooks in the kitchen and not a big appetite for risk and you know, we are a little counterculture. We are certainly subversive. We're proudly not for everybody. You know, you're either down with the way we see the world. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, you know, we have comedy and music core to our DNA in so many ways. So, you know, that's it. You know, the, the core strategy is do cool shit that people want to talk about and they will. And here we are, you know. So so let me ask you a question because you're like – I'm a person right now that's and I want to I'd love to take like the liquid death model of doing something cool and interesting and looking at like how brands or executives or entrepreneurs that are listening to the show and thinking of their own company, right? Their own products. And I'm going to use myself as a case study right now. The the podcast is a good example because I think growing a podcast has been a, a ton of work and it's been really hard and and it's noisy. There's a lot of noise out there. So when you start to think, and I just, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, having come from a kind of like your perspective on marketing. When people are like, I'm trying to promote the podcast, whether that's TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, all different platforms, all different strategies, the traditional media. How can someone like myself take a liquid brand strategy of like, just, you know, be yourself, but be different 
and promote a show like, let's say, The Greatness Machine. Because just th- putting out content for the sake of content, I find that there's a lot of people doing that, number one. Number two, um, I've noticed that everyone's copying each other, right? I mean, it's hook, you know, it's like this bullshit formula. It's not, it's boring. And everyone looks like a ripoff of each other. Like, how would someone like myself, and I just, I just, I just want your, your ad brain, your creative brain, with the, the way you think of Liquid Death, because I think the way you guys have done it have gotten a lot of attention, right? Like, like I'm sure you guys are measuring impressions per day and stuff like that, but, I mean, you guys get a lot of mark. Like, dude, you guys are getting a shit ton of attention that I highly doubt you're paying for, right? And I think that's a big part of it is this organic strategy. So when I think of my own show, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I keep trying stuff, and, like, paid media seems to be the only thing that's really working. But And, and that's still a heavy lift. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, every agency, every brand is going to talk about authenticity. And that's a buzzword. They really want something, a hack, a cheat. You know, they'll say, oh, you know, being authentic to who you really are is the important thing. But, you know, the reality is a lot of brands are just actually not that cool. You know, they're they're not. <laughs> so, you know... They don't want authenticity. They they want uh, maybe the illusion of that. They want to f- you know fake that they are something that they're truly not. And so I think you know the awesome thing about Liquid Death is you know if if you come to our office, we got a half pipe skate ramp, and the people that we have are legitimately interesting, cool, crazy folks. And when we put something out in the world, it's because we believe it's funny, and you know we have a good sense of humor, and. and all of that. And I think you're doing a great job. Look, at the start of the show, you sh- you know talked about the success you've had. Nothing happens overnight. I mean, we're a three-year-old company. No one's born a giant. You know, it takes a bit of time. Uh, so truly, just being true to yourself will attract the audience over time, um, you know, of folks that resonate with that. I think mechanically, you said something great. And I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Look at the places that are growing and stay away from the ones that are flat or strategic. And I don't know if this was the analogy I used, but it's there are no landlines in middle class China. People went from nothing to cell phone. Like you didn't need a landline, right? It's like no one's, you know, scrambling to have like uh, telegraph ads right now or you know, <laughs> investing all their dollars in old school rabbit ear TV, like that sort of thing. So, yeah, TikTok's ascendant, emergent right now. We've had a ton of success there. I think we're, you know, at least domestically, one of the top CPG beverage brands um, on TikTok. You know, we got 3 million followers. And we've seen a lot of growth there. And so we've put some attention there. And, and I see you've done a great job of, you know, infiltrating TikTok and chopping the clips up and being native to that platform. And again, that goes back to authenticity where you, you know, Folks that help us and run TikTok are, you know, creators of note within TikTok. They know how it works. They're native to the platform. They speak the language. And you that's a thing that, you know, when you walk into a room with an accent, people know. So being native uh, and, and really understanding what's up um, is rewarded as well. It's fu- So it's funny, and the listeners won't know this. So I started testing TikTok. Um, Daniel... Was who introduced is who convinced me to go on TikTok. Like we was during I think COVID, we were like, "Hey, are you, are you thinking about TikTok?" And I, and I was really new to I was I had no self branding or anything like that. I was like, and, I, and my exact words to you were, "What do I look like a fourteen year old girl?" You know, like <laughs> like that's a lot of kids are on that, right? 
And you're like, no, man, like the average age is like 41, first of all. This it was, is, it was this in is, the 30s, but still, yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was like two years ago, right? And, and so I, I started screwing around with it, and then, I, and then I put it down. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I was, I was probably early enough that had I like listened to you, I just didn't have anything to promote then, right? I didn't have, I didn't have, my book was not out. I had not started my podcast. And I was like, it's just me fucking around on TikTok, right? So I was like, well, and I was, so that was, in retrospect, it was a massive opportunity that I blew that had I just like had something to promote, had I know what I know now, I would have been like all in on it, right? And they were, the algorithm was giving way more play back then. Like, like they would just get like 300,000 views for something stupid. Now you, you do have to work now. It's not, I mean, it's still more viral than maybe an Instagram or something like that. But um, so, so, so what I'm hearing you say is you guys are really taking advantage of the, the emerging social media. What, what other, what other things are you guys doing or what are your thoughts on really like what's important for brands right now that from a liquid death perspective or from your perspective to really take it to the next level in this new economy we're in? Well, I'll say there's something about liquid death. You, you kind of don't know until you try it, until you crack the can. And you know, in the Midwest, they say there's many ways to Jesus, right? So liquid death means different things to different people. There's some people that love it because of the aesthetic. And it's like, hey, I'm grabbing a buck 79 water out of the 7-Eleven cooler. Like that one is cool and says something about me the way, you know, your fashion choices say something about you. There's, um, you know, parents that love the fact that, you know, their kids are not asking for high fructose corn syrup or something unhealthy. There's non-drinkers that, you know, can kind of look cool and not have to have that shameful, like, I'll just have a soda water with a lime and a rocks glass whisper. It's like, give me a fucking liquid death, right? There's people that love our authenticity, the fact that there are real people behind that, you know, those social feeds and it's undeniable. There's folks that love that we're good for the planet. So, you know, there's all of that in liquid death that different groups kind of find, but there is this conversion moment when you finally crack a can. It's like, oh, you, you, you're apt to crush it more. It's colder. It feels better than a crinkly plastic bottle. But the big thing is it starts a conversation. Some, you know, you might be, you know, drinking that on a Zoom at 10 a.m. and somebody's going to go, are you, are you drinking beer? What's, what's going on there? <laughs> if, you're, if you're a fan and you know Liquid Death, I'm telling you, I walk around, you know, the streets here in, in um, L.A., whether I'm wearing the merch, the hat, drinking a Liquid Death, and people give you the nod. They're like, oh, shit, Liquid Death. Like, it's almost like a little cult. You know, it's a group of folks that kind of see the world in the way that we do. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We don't like traditional marketing and we poke and play, you know, make fun of that. And But at the end of the day, like behind the curtain, it is a good thing for you. It is a good thing for the planet. And that gives us a lot of freedom to maybe be wilder than other brands can. Because, you know, how can you really hate on liquid death? Yeah, so so let's go there for a second. So, how first of all, how big is the firm? How 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 big is the company like headcount wise now? You know, I, I don't know what's public, so I, I walk a little line. But I mean, we're we're a decent sized company. But you know, uh, are you we, like north north of a hundred people, south of a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be assuredly in that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so 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 maybe a couple hundred people, um, and so. At that size, you guys have grown up, right? Grown fast, right? So, 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 and I think you've made it abundantly clear what the culture of the company is. Um, 
how do you like when you think of the the, the strategy, the go to market strategy again of and because when I look at your company, it's almost like I'm like they're really just this badass marketing company that's trying that that found this niche, but you guys are just leaning into your marketing chops to just like sell water, right? Am I? I mean, obviously you're doing good and stuff like that, but like that's I'm just giving you my take on it, my pathway to Jesus. When I see you guys from a entrepreneurial CEO standpoint, I'm like. These are just these fucking irreverent advertising marketing studs who have come together and said, there's a hole in the market. We can go and crush that and like, go, please come and try to compete with us because I don't think creatively, I think it'd be really hard to like create another, like you would have to have that, the CEO would have to come from advertising and be like Daniel Murphy where you don't give a fuck and you're just like, let's just try crazy shit all the time. Very few people are going to be willing to do that, right? So yeah, when I, you I mean, think well, first I'll just interject with the like crazy, don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely have a counterculture um, side of our business, but we also walk a tightrope, right? We we you know too much this way, and we're actually horribly offensive and cancelable. Too much that way, and we're mm. lame. That is what other brands have a really hard time doing, and you know we are not afraid to you know talk about our haters and do wild marketing, but it's not as though we're complete cowboys that have no understanding of, you know, third rails in society that are, you know, offensive and rightfully so. Um, you know, there's a lot of our brand that when the case studies are written and they're being written now will come out when you reverse engineer, you know, what we didn't do, you know, the things that would have been easy for us to go into and maybe why we didn't do that. Um, I'll save that for the history books. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm like you're killing me. I want to know, but um, so so with I mean, obviously with confidentiality in place, let's talk about that because like you guys are a risque brand, right? Like, and you guys are pushing the envelope in ways that no one in your category has. I mean, I'm trying to think of any consumer brand category that's really like done what you guys have done. And like the only thing that came to mind was there's like the there was like this potty brand where people were like. Like, like you remember, you remember this? So it was like someone sitting on a toilet and they put their feet up and like, there's like a unicorn and, and they have oh, really sure. kind of, yeah. you know what I'm talking Yeah. They're yeah, really popular. Squatty potty. Was squatty potty. Right. Which is obviously different, but they had this like really unique, funny, interesting, kind of irreverent. It was, and I hate like I, anyone that knows me like really well knows that I think potty humor is the lowest, most unfunny humor ever. So like I was kind of like god this i hate them but they're interesting right um you guys obviously are different but you guys you know when you think of the to your point the risk of being cancelable because i even thought of myself right now i was like okay i do kind of watch some of the stuff we do on the show because i'm like we are in a time that's so cancelable so how do you guys balance that like what talk about that a little bit look i mean everybody's coming at you know our creative from a really good place like we we have awesome human beings that that work at the company and you know it's a judgment call and it's a hard thing to do and i think if you know your mission and your north star is pretty pure as ours is i think you you get a little more a little more leeway i i'd say uh, it's a very difficult thing to do which is why you can't just spell it out in a math equation say oh this is how you're always 100% super safe and 100% crazy rebellious and attention getting. Um, it's attention for sure. 
Yeah, and you guys definitely have like a rebellion, like you're a rebel brand, right? You guys are kind of counterculture to your point earlier. And so is it when you guys, I mean, I, I got to assume in the creative room when you guys are like, you know, spitballing and ideating that there are ideas that you're like, uh, I think this is probably too much. Is it? Is it just where you're like, hey, that's too much. We don't, we think there's risk there. We're going to pull back on it. Or is it like, no, we know where the, where the lines are and we just kind of know where, where we can lean into your point people will give us grace in this one area, but these others, like we can't make jokes about, you know, I don't even want to say some of the stuff you could do with the liquid death type of idea, but there's a plenty of ways you can make irreverent humor around the idea of death that people would be super offended by. Right. War, school shooting, shit like that. Right. So, um, so yeah, like, like, is it just, is there like a clear strategy or is it the, is the strategy that, Hey, here's what the brand stands for. We're just going to like, try these different things out as long as it fits within our ethos, our values, our purpose, and some of it's going to fall and some of it's going to be great. And, and then we'll, we'll lean into the stuff that like walk us through that a little bit. I'll, I'll just share a filter in, in my mind that kind of comes from the comedy world where I came from. Like if the joke, if the punchline's expected, the joke's not really funny. So the challenge, you know, is finding that tension to make something shareable and wild and fun and hilarious that is unexpected. It's like liquid death plus, plus Martha Stewart is unexpected and funny. You know, we did a great piece with a comedian, Burt Kreischer, and it was a workout tape. Okay, a guy who's, you know, larger in size and takes his shirt off proudly and that kind of stuff, but holding, you know, liquid death up as like, you can have a body like Burt Kreischer. That's unexpected and that's funny. So, you know, I think the the bigger challenge for folks, if you're going to try this model, is you know finding those tensions out in the world. So let's talk about that. So you guys are playing with these different tensions. I'd love to talk a little bit about the different campaigns that are really getting a ton of attention and notice. Because, like I said, you guys like what did Elon eat for breakfast? And then I see something about Liquid Death crushing it. Right? Like these are the things that have been in the news a lot lately. Um, Let's talk about some of the campaigns and, and really where you guys are going with the brand, maybe long term. I'd love to hear more about that. So tell us some of your like favorite you know moves you guys have made, and and then we could talk a little, a little dive a little deeper into like long term visions for the for the company. We did a uh, we did a campaign and some content with Martha Stewart last month. It's pretty wicked. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, you know we are selling. Uh, you know, life-size, super high-quality um, severed hand candles. And to have, you know, the Martha Stewart brand seal of approval on something like that, it's pretty crazy <laughs> and absurd. And we did a bit of content that, you know, uh, suggests that they're all hand-dipped. And, you know, we had people getting their hands chopped off. And uh, it was wild. Like, it was, it was super fun. And, you know, a lot of our, you know, campaign launches have – a bit of merch attached to them. And so much of the internet is just this ephemeral thing. It's kind of there and gone. And, you know, having actually a tangible item makes it kind of real. It allows people to collect and have them. And our merch business, by the way, you know, you talk about us just being a, a water company. Uh, we do a tremendous merch business in apparel. And, you know, we just, we have a sponsor or a partnership rather with Clocks and Colors doing the super high-end ring, you know, the skull ring that just dropped this week. More, you know, we've done cornhole sets that are art pieces. Um, you know, once you have a pretty amazing brand, you can go to a lot of places naturally. And I think we're certainly exploring that. And, you know, our 
merch is, you know, borderline high fashion. I mean, we're doing high concept, high fashion, cool stuff. Um, and, you know, that business is growing and expanding as well. So, you know, there's like weekly big and small moments that come through, whether it's A-list celebs like Martha. We did a, a campaign, you know, just weeks ago around the Georgia election, and it was completely apolitical. Um, you know, we partnered with a nonprofit get out get out the vote uh, organization called Headcount, and there was this kind of absurd law passed recently that said you couldn't hand out water within 150 feet of a polling right. place, and you know <laughs> the the state had kind of shut down some polling places, lines were really long, and you know some other groups or nonprofits were handing out water or maybe a slice of pizza here or there, and so they changed the law to make that illegal, and. It just highlighted the absurdity of it, and and a lot of our you know marketing and content just looks at some of the absurdity of of life and modern life and things that are pretty humorous in that regard. And so it was the you know Georgia election kit, and it was a you know crazy garish USA fanny pack with a can of liquid death in it. And That's this right. organization headcount was handing out liquid death throughout the state, and you know we <laughs> sold them for a buck, you know for Georgia residents only, of course, and so. You know, thing, and it, it checked all our boxes. It was funny. It was, um, you know, tension getting. It got some PR out there in the world and, you know, excited. Boy, I wish I could tell you what we got coming. I mean, we've got a lot oh. more liquid death crazy ideas in the pipeline. That's amazing, man. You guys should, are you guys doing, um, or have you guys done like collabs, like with any, like, like you see, like Kanye is doing collabs with like, like all those different, I mean, Kanye's, can I say his name right now? Everyone hates him, but, but, um, you know, he's been canceled as we speak, but he's done a really good job of this whole thing. Like I'm, you know, we're kind of of the age where the, I think this collab with fashion is really new. This cross crossing of brands, like probably in the past 10 years or whatever, especially in the past couple years. Um, are you guys, doing stuff like that? Is that part of the, the strategy? To... I, I mean, for sure. We've collaborated with uh, a, a lot of different artists on our merch to do the designs. Uh, you know, like I said, this ring, like Clocks and Colors, is a, a pretty legit, um, you know, jewelry manufacturer. I believe they're out of UK, and, and apologies if I got that wrong, and they're not. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, last year we did, you know, a Death Clock Nixon collab watch, this gold watch. It's pretty wicked. Uh, did super well for us. Like, a lot of our stuff, um, you know, sells out very rapidly and becomes kind of a collectible item. Uh, you'll find the Tony Hawk board on <laughs> on eBay now for thousands of dollars. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we, we do collabs, and we always love things where we can bring our sensibility and aesthetic and it's, um, you know, at times different from what they do. So the mashup makes it interesting. That's funny because I think also there's this idea that since you guys are cool and funny and irreverent and kind of like don't take yourself too seriously, when you go up to a another person who has a personal brand, like like we'll use the example you just gave of Martha Stewart or Tony Hawk, they're interested because it enhances their brand, right? That they, they look cool now because they're hanging out with the cool kids, right? I mean, how do you – do you kind of see it that way? I mean, certainly. I, I mean, I, I think that we've got a great track record of putting out genuinely cool, funny content. I know I sound like a broken record in that regard. And it's because it is funny and hilarious and interesting, it doesn't feel like an ad because it's not an ad. 
we're, we've never asked, nor do we want people to kind of shill. And if they're not down with the brand, you know, we don't work with them. So we start out with great partnerships because people are you know, interested in us and love what we do. And then we create a piece of content with them, uh, you know, from the minds of Liquid Death that, you know, yeah, makes them cool is, you know, a social, uh, you know, viral winner typically. And um, it's a wonderful model. Are you, um, so like talk about Martha. So when she, like when you guys approached her with this idea of hand dipped candles, hands, were you, were you there when you guys did the shoot? Like, tell us a little bit about her, how she responded to that. I mean, Martha has a great sense of humor and, you know, Martha, Martha loves Halloween. And, you know, like there was a lot of it that was true to who she was. And I think that's another secret when working with brand partners is, you can't make them unauthentic in pursuit of your project or, or your content. Like it actually has to come from an insider, a bit of who they are. And, you know, she was great to work with. And Martha is certainly an icon. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't at the shoot. The, the crew was at the shoot. And, you know, it's Martha Stewart's house. We, we literally shot at Martha Stewart's house to get that done. Um, and it's... It's wild that, you know, uh, as liquid death, we can you know, increasingly say things like that. I know. I saw, I watched that video and you, uh, since, since we're friends, I'm, I follow you and I always see all your stuff. And like, I, 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 it's funny is again, you know, I've, I've known you for a long time now. So I've, so I see the, there's a common thread of humor and irreverency in a lot of your marketing. So I could see, I can see the, and, and I don't know who, I don't know the aesthetic the of the people that were there before, whether it be the CEO or the other creative members of your team. But I think it's, I mean, from my seat, knowing you, I can see the Daniel element at work, right? So it's, it's really it's cool. Why to see. it's a dream job for me. <laughs> and, you know, that's well, something do- else for the audience is that, you know, if you're younger in your career, you, you, you have to try a number of places. You have to figure out what you're good at. You have to you have to learn a lot. Like use everyone as a learning opportunity, but you know, as you start to get older, if you can find, you know, a mission, a culture, a product, whatever it is that's actually who you are, it stops feeling like work. It really is just, you know, fun and challenge and not to say it's not stressful, especially if you're blessed to be at a place with massive growth because there's just growth brings challenges. Uh, but, you know, if you find yourself hating your gig, there's probably something in you that wants different or more or better. And uh, I absolutely love where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and it's funny because if you start thinking back, like, when you, when you choose an example, you know, you've been out of what college for what, 20 years ish? Is, is that about right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how when you know, like. How long did it take? And I know you love different things at different gigs, and you're a person that's really kind of flowed around a, a bunch of cool opportunities, you know. And and again, our last episode, we really dove into your past, but like, you know, I, this sounds like this is like I, I said it before we were on the on the show. I said this is a bullseye for you, man. Like this, I've never seen a, a gig that doesn't look more perfect for you. I mean, how long did it take for you to actually get here? Did do you feel like this was just been a twenty year journey for you to like land somewhere where all the stars align? And like, yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about that because I think a lot of times people want now, they want that win now. And, and I feel like it's been a bunch of small wins and a bunch of accumulation of information because, because dude, you're, you're a guy that understands AI. You're a guy that understands data and the, the, the current landscape of, of marketing that's so different from ad agencies of even five, 10 years ago. Like, 
what, yeah, tell us a little bit about like how you think of that for yourself. I mean, the only job that even comes close in my past is when I was an intern in high school driving cars on the Autobahn. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, you know, it is a journey. And it's, it's not to say that, uh, you know, I've had great experiences and opportunities and worked at, at, you know, cool and challenging cultures. And Google was a total trip to be in those walls and, and uh, you know, pursue projects that could change the world and you know, early in my career, you know, I mentioned that agency Crispin, it, it was, it still leaves a mark on what that culture was. And, you know, there was places at, you know, various degrees along the way, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur in some capacity, I mean, going for it myself, like proper Delaware C-Corps. I mean, they, they wound up not taking over the world, but they had core insights and great. And when you risk it all and eat ramen for a while to pursue that, uh, you know, those are always fun because it actually is you. It is your idea. It is your vision of the future that you're trying to, you know, find uh, a pathway to bring forth into the world. And so for the entrepreneurs out there, you should absolutely be enjoying the mission if it is your own company. If it's not, you, you may, you know, that may not be the one to marry. Um, but, you know, as I was saying earlier, when I was you know speaking, you know, with some college students, it's like, you need these experiences to figure out, you know, what the better paths for you are. You know, nobody's born a giant. You don't wake up and all of a sudden know. Uh, that's hyper rare, if not impossible. Definitely. So let's talk about what's next for Liquid Death. I mean, you guys and, and you as well, um, which I'm assuming is going to be hand in hand with these guys. Um, and you guys are taking over, like you said, you're dominating, just raised a huge round north of, you know, 700 million in, in, in valuation. I mean, that's, this is, you're in rare air right now. What do you think is next for the company when you look out, when you think of the company, it's 2023 is going to be here in a few weeks. When we look at 23, 24, 25, the next couple of years, assuming this rocket ship continues, what's, what's the plan for the company? Look, we have plans for global domination and, I think a lot of startups uh, fail because they jump the gun and, you know, you know, might get into too many places too fast, too far. And I think we're absolutely dominating. I mean, next year you will see liquid death on, you know, basically every supermarket and convenience store you can walk into. You know, it takes a while to get that footprint and to grow that footprint. And, you know you know, international is certainly a next logical step. And when the time is right and, you know, the, the opportunity is right, we're going to go in there and in a great way. And I do think, you know, the mission is starting to play out. You, you see copycats popping up that are putting water in cans and going away from single use plastics. You know, it's similar to how the electric car company started with, you know, perhaps Tesla and others saw that there's a market there and, and there's reasons to do that. So excited to see that even spread. It's like, yeah, we're, we're happy to put death to single-use plastic, um, even if other folks are also doing it. I love it, man. So for listeners who, you know, want to try to have a takeaway on what, what can they do with either their, you know, we have, I think in today's day and age, and I think you guys are a really good example of this. You guys have like taken this either a personal brand and or a personal brand for the macro brand. And you guys have taken it to the streets, right? Like when I look at liquid death, it's like this gorilla marketing machine, right? Like that's that, like, that's how I see it. It's like really to your point, irreverent, funny. You don't take yourself seriously. 
you guys have a, a punchline that that makes people laugh. At least I laugh. Um, and and maybe that's not right for everybody. But when you start to think of personal brand or, or more, you know, maybe companies that are, you know, someone starting a company or they have a company and they want to kind of, maybe they can't do it the way you guys do it. But if they wanted to try to start to move in that direction, what are some things that you would recommend that they do? Look, Liquid Death came up from the underground. You know, it's you, you know, in you, you can't fast forward to the future, even if you get a ton of cash like you there, there's different levels. And, you know, it was cans and hands and, you know, winning the, the first retailer and then the next retailer and, and all those sorts of things. And so I would be most focused as an entrepreneur on, you know, what are your challenges and what are your wins now? And obviously plot those out into the future and, and a trajectory there. But make sure you're winning and make sure you're building an audience of people that like what it is you're doing, that are loyal. Um, you know, we look at social. I mean, it's about high performing posts or well engaged posts for us. It's like, you know, it's not just view count. It's like, oh, there's energy around that. And you'll know when you have started to harness that energy and when you're, you're really starting to build it. And it's an amazing asset. And you can deploy it in all sorts of ways. And, you know, like I said, we got a merch business that's thriving and who knows where the brand could go in the future because we've tapped into something and we've built loyalists and fans and followers and, you know, people that think what we do is cool. So when uh, I, I do want to, I know we're kind of, kind of coming here to the end of the show, but, you know, I, I heard this really interesting quote, which is the two hardest things to do in business. Uh, uh, number two is raise money. Number one is build an audience. Right. And what you're talking about, you know, and I think like you guys, ha I mean, you guys, your guys' attention getting chops are like world class, right? Like I know, I know, I know you and I know yours and, I, and I'm assuming just given who's at your organization that, that, that this is tip of the spear as far as creative is concerned uh, from people coming from Madison Avenue and, and people competing at, from getting people's attention is what you guys are good at. Right. But for like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business people, it's like, it's like, it's, it's noisy out there. It's hard. It's hard to get attention. It's hard to build that, that following. You know, like I said earlier, it's like, I, I've been muting more people every day because I see everyone copying each other on social. And I'm like, this is, I can't deal with the, like one person teaching me something that they think they know better than someone else anymore. You know, so it's a really noisy kind of, uh, like you put on your like banner, you get banner blind by all the commonality how do you stand out? How does someone who's not a liquid death with Daniel Murphy marketing chops and company, how do they stand out to start to get that attention to build that audience? What would you recommend for the average I Joe mean, out there? You answered it in the description you gave, you know, so much commonality. Can you do something that no one else is doing? Like we're both wearing, you know, ear pods, right? Why did Steve Jobs make these white? Because every other cable was black. Right. Can you find something that is totally different? I mean, you walk down the water aisle, there's only one can. It says death. It looks like a beer. It's got crazy art and, and you know, font on it. Like it is inherently attention getting, you know, that there there is um, what the fuck is that built into the core product as well as everything else we do. You know, what is that? Oh, wow. That's you know, uh, starts a conversation or begs your attention. So if you have a business or if you have an idea that's like that, you know, certainly a good start. Um, you know, don't, you know, it's, it's very difficult if you're just like everything else. 
Yeah, I love it, man. Well, hey, dude, I know you got to run. you got a lot going on, but any parting words for our audience uh, when it comes to what you're doing in the world, how you're creating greatness, or how uh, your current uh, badass company, Liquid Death, is creating greatness? Any, any parting thoughts or, or words for our audience? You know, if you're an entrepreneur out there, it, it, it's, it's not easy, but it's certainly fun if you found yourself in the right place. And keep at it. Keep on the grind. Good things will come. You guys heard it here first. Daniel Murphy, man. I love you, brother. You are a badass. And I'm so pumped that, that the, the the gods are shining down and have created this opportunity for you to really embrace and to give your God-given talents to the world. I love seeing that you guys kick ass. It's it, I swear to God, man. Because, I, 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 again, I get to see the, the stuff as it comes out because we're connected. You're doing some really fun, cool stuff in the world, and I'm really proud of you, man. Good job. Right on. Great knowing you too, Darius, and uh, congrats on all your success, no doubt. Thanks, brother. Audience, um, listen, go buy – you know, it's funny. I haven't drinking Liquid Death yet. Um, maybe it hasn't found its way – I'm sure it's in Austin, but but it, uh, like I just haven't bought it. So I'm going to go buy some so I can taste the freshness in a recyclable can and uh, support support Liquid Death. Go get some merch. Uh, where can people, if they want to get merch or learn more about the Liquid Death stuff, how would they do that? What's the best way for them to connect with either you or Liquid Death? Yeah, li- liquiddeath.com for sure. Uh, spin through. You'll you'll see our greatest hits. You'll see our wild merch. You'll get a sense of who we are at a deeper level. Our socials, of course, TikTok and Instagram. Go go hit those up. Twitter, follow us there. Uh, you can catch me on LinkedIn. Um, I, you know, I will say if, if you're trying to reach out to somebody and, you know, I'm not trying to be humble saying this, but, you know, LinkedIn right now. Darius, how many how many messages do you get a day on LinkedIn? Oh, my God. I don't even know. Tremendous. I I ignore 99% of them. Yeah. It's it's just really difficult to break through on LinkedIn. But if, you know, it's a great opportunity to find that warm lead. And, you know, if you know someone I know and they put the word in or connect otherwise, that's usually a good way. Awesome, man. Um, Everybody, uh, Listen, first of all, Daniel, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate you, brother. Um, Audience, love you guys. Until next time, peace out. Take care. Thanks, Darius. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on. So that you don't miss any of our future episodes, we have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. 
I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.